0: Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Find your new ride at Kia McComb's all new location at the corner of I 55 and Highway 98. Come find out why McComb loves Kia McComb at the corner of I
1: 55 and Highway 98. Right on the corner, right on the price. Welcome into the Friday edition of the Rebel Report. I'm Michael Borke. Always glad that you guys are along for the short ride with me. Uh, baseball. Probably uh, getting close to underway by the time most of you guys listen to this. A uh, quick thought on that, though, the The rotation this weekend. I know starting pitching has been a point of contention in fan conversations surrounding this team, understandably so. You guys heard from me uh, from week one, uh, talk about how this team lacked dominant starting pitching, and it's come to a head. Two things can be true at once when it comes to that. Going to Lucia till TBA, TBA on the weekend. Uh, First, starting pitching has been a problem for this team all year. I have not covered or been a part of this in one way or another for Mike Bianco's entire tenure, but since I've lived in this state, I cannot remember a starting pitching situation worse than the one that they are currently in right now. And that lies at the feet of the coach. Lacking personnel, underdeveloped or undeveloped personnel without the presence of multiple injuries, is directly the fault of the coach. That can be true. And it can also be true that I at least give Mike Bianco credit for this weekend kind of blowing it up and experimenting. Because what happened last weekend, what's happened all season long, is not sustainable. This team will not reach any of its stated postseason goals if they just ran it back again. You have to keep tinkering. You have to keep trying new things because last weekend and what you ran out there is not sustainable as it currently sat. So credit to him for at least being willing uh, to mix things up and try something new. Uh, Again, underdeveloped pitching staff, lack of starting pitching is the direct responsibility of the head coach, but at least uh, there's seemingly not, Stubbornness here, willing to continue to just try to find something that will actually work for this team, because last weekend is unsustainable. Couple football things for you. I'm also going to play for you the uh, the audio. I had a couple of you ask for this, so I- I'm just going to do it. I-, I will do this. I-, I never really thought that you guys would be interested in hearing like post practice audio, but I mean, I- again, a couple people have messaged me and asked for me to put that in the feed here. So that's what I'm going to do for you today. Uh, Luke Altmyer and Jackson Dart both, both met with the media and were pretty insightful, actually, for young quarterbacks and, and stuff like that in the middle of a competition. They're actually two pretty interesting guys. Uh, it's actually some, some pretty good stuff from your young quarterbacks. Uh, so I'll start playing stuff like this for you guys and, and putting that in this feed on a more regular basis. Uh, so you'll hear both of them. I'll put Jackson Dart first for what it's worth. So you'll obviously hear two different voices. You'll hear Jackson Dart. You'll hear Luke Altmyer back-to-back at the end of the podcast. So by your request, I'm going to give this to you. I'm going to start putting player and coach audio in this feed uh, moving forward because if you ask for it, I'm going to give it to you. Uh, I've also got a couple of thoughts, though, before we get to that. uh uh, from the football side of things but first I want to remind you that this podcast is brought to you by LB's just across from Kroger on University Avenue right there in Oxford it is the best place in Mississippi to get your meat I know Ole Miss is on the road this weekend so you're probably if you're like me going to be doing a lot of grilling taking advantage of the beautiful weather this weekend I guess it's going to be a little chilly a little kind of a little bit chilly today you know won't touch 70 tomorrow but it's perfect grilling weather you want to get that started at LB's, the best place in the state to get your meat. Tell Greg that I sent you there. Uh, they're also great helps, too. If, if you don't really know what you want to cook, but you know you want to, just go in and ask them, and they'll come up with something great for you. They've got good size sides, daily lunch specials Monday through Friday. Again, that's LB's. Go by, see Greg. Big supporter of Ole Miss baseball, by the way, uh, are the people at LB's. Uh, all sports, but uh, especially baseball. Um, and uh, and tell them I sent you. The podcast is also brought to you by Advantage Business Systems. ABSMS.com is the website. If you are anywhere in the state of Mississippi, anywhere in this state, and you're on the market for office technology solutions, uh, anything from copiers and printers to, to mail machines, cloud storage, data security, if it's technology, if it's in your office, Advantage Business Systems has a solution for you. If you tell them I sent you, by the way, They'll give you a complimentary office technology assessment. So you tell them what you need, what your budget is, and they will find a solution for you. absms.com is the website. If you haven't already, follow me on Twitter or Facebook or YouTube, all three under the same name, at Michael Borky. And uh, hit subscribe on this podcast if you haven't already, wherever you get them. All right. So before I get to the quarterback audio, there's two things I want to talk about today. The story's a couple of days old, but you may not have seen it, where uh, Bill Connolly of ESPN looked at the analytics driving decisions for fourth down play calling in college football. As you can imagine, it highlighted Lane Kiffin pretty significantly because he goes for it the most in major college football, does Lane Kiffin on fourth down. And if you haven't read it, I encourage you to do it, ESPN, Bill Connolly, Uh, talking about fourth down play calling and analytics Uh, a couple of things worth noting in that first uh, uh, Lane was quoted in there a few times obviously and said that uh, he actually has explained to his defense why they do it He, he actually according to him has shown them the analytics and and has explained to them as in because of you it's Because we think that this gives us the best chance to win football games based on the numbers uh, from data that we've gathered across all of football, not just our team, but all the teams. This is an analytic based decision, not a personnel based decision. I thought that was interesting that he explains to his defense, you know, what's going on and why they have chosen to go about it this way. I found that fascinating. Um, but more more interesting than that was, as he was explaining it, and by the way, more and more teams every year are gravitating towards the fourth down decisions because as Bill breaks down in the story, it is the right decision. The amount of times that Lane Kiffin goes for it on fourth down maximizes their chance to win football games. And they use the example in the Texas A&M game where Ole Miss went for it on fourth down. Remember that? They didn't get it. And uh, I remember being in the stadium that night and hearing groans and some some choice words also some from some fans sitting close to me directed towards Lane Kiffin about not taking the points there. It was like one or two plays later where Chance Campbell and Mark Robinson hit Isaiah Spiller in the backfield for a safety, and they got the football back. So it was a net positive for Ole Miss going for it there, even though they didn't make it, it worked out. So they referenced that decision, and Lane was quoted again, taking not necessarily a shot at Jimbo Fisher. This is just how how he operates, but Kiffin straight up said, if you get Texas A&M stopped on third down, Jimbo Fisher's punting or kicking the football, that you know exactly what you're going to get with Jimbo and brought up an old quote from his that basically said football's not won through math or something like that. But if you get a stopped on third down, they're punting the football to you. And Lane made reference to that. And it reminded me of something. Jimbo Fisher is a very good football coach. We know that. You, you don't win national championships on accident. Um, he's a good football coach. And Texas A&M is doing the recruiting thing. They're investing in recruiting to the point where it'd be impossible to field bad football teams. But that mindset that antiquated line of thinking is going to adversely affect texas a&m because even last year i understand ole miss was was a very good football team you win 10 games in the regular season in the sec west you're a very good football team i understand they had really good quarterback play but after the injury at tennessee matt corral was a shell of of himself i mean he admitted he couldn't step into throws because the pain was so bad when the numbing shot wore off, it was grin and Barrett. Uh, even with a guy like Matt Corral fully healthy, not the fifty percent that you got in some games last season because of his injuries, that Texas A&M roster had absolutely no business. None. Losing to Ole Miss the way they did, absolutely none. What was the difference? It was coaching. Ole Miss coached themselves into a win that night. Maybe that's why Jimbo Fisher hired DJ Durkin in a way. But Ole Miss outcoached Texas A&M that night. And, and I think when it comes to one, at least one team in the SEC West, again, they're, they're going to amass talent that's so great that it, it, w- it won't matter. It's going to be impossible to lose with the kind of talent that Jimbo Fisher is bringing in you know, with absolutely no help from NIL whatsoever. Um, but his old school ways are the reason they lose games they shouldn't. And I expect that trend to continue. Second thing I want to get to uh, I think this is semantics, but, but I said on Sports Talks Twitter page, I said on Sports Talks Twitter page, uh, it just it was a teaser for a video clip that we had. Talking about the quarterback competition. And I had a couple of Ole Miss fans in replies that said that it's not a quarterback competition. Maybe I'm getting into semantics. Um, Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Uh, I think people have unrealistic expectations for Jackson Dart. Uh, I I said this before he signed. I said this while they were exploring Dylan Gabriel and others. If you're expecting Matt Corral to be the starting quarterback against Troy in September, you have unrealistic expectations. I think Jackson Dart has a ceiling that's incredibly high. First round pick ceiling. ceiling. Heisman contending ceiling. He's not there yet. And I've heard from people that have seen spring practice that'll tell you the same thing. He's talented. Very talented. He's not there yet. Matt Corral's not on that field right now. Jackson Dart can become that good and that valuable. He's got the raw ability to get there. He's not there yet. So don't place unrealistic expectations on Jackson Dart, number one. But number two, it absolutely is a quarterback competition. It's one I expect Jackson Dart to win. But you think Lane Kiffin's just going to hand Jackson Dart the job? if he doesn't separate from Luke Altmyer and take the job? Again, maybe it's semantics, but th- these people that are just, ah, oh, there's no competition, that's bull. Yes, there is. Because if Jackson Dart does not separate, if Luke Altmyer looks better leading up to the first game, I promise you Luke Altmyer is going to start. I promise. You've got to remember, this is Lane Kiffin. You think he cares at all about Anything other than this guy gives me the best chance to win, so he's going to play. Again, I expect it to be Jackson Dart, but if he does not separate, if he does not take the job, if he doesn't prove that he gives them their best chance to win, well, then it's not going to be his job. He's got to separate himself and and take it. Lane's just not going to give it to him. I mean, this is the same guy. One, Lane doesn't care about anything as you guys know, literally just winning and fishing. like That's all he cares about. Maybe his kids fit in there somewhere, too. Uh, I'm just kidding. I'm sure he loves his children very, very much. It's a joke. Um, But this is the same guy that had a returning starter that the fan base adored in a cultish-like way from some people who ran for over a 1,000 yards in the SEC. And Lane didn't care because Matt Corral gave him the best chance to win, not John Rice Plumlee. Oh, the fans love him. All the pub, all the media attention. Oh, my gosh. um, Didn't matter. It didn't matter to Lane Kiffin. It's because he's going to play the guy that gives him the best chance to win, and if you don't prove you're going to give the team the best chance to win, he's not going to play you. I mean, that sounds simple, but I—, I And and most of you probably agree with that. I Just some people are like, no, there's no competition. Yes, there absolutely is. Jackson Dart will have to prove that he's better. Not in recruiting, not in raw talent. He's going to have to practice and play and prove that he gives that team their best chance to win. It's not just going to be handed to him. Maybe it's semantics. But he's going to have to go win that job. Speaking of, here is Jackson Dart. So you'll hear Dart, and then you'll hear Luke Altmeyer back-to-back. So Dart, Altmeyer that'll end the show. Enjoy your baseball weekend, or, or try to enjoy your baseball weekend. Luckily, Kentucky has pitching issues, similarly to the way Ole Miss has pitching issues. So hopefully that leads to a series win this weekend. Enjoy that. I'll talk to you about that at some point this weekend, and then I'll be back with your regularly scheduled podcast on monday you'll have a great weekend here's
2: jackson Dort and luke altmeyer
0: jackson just what have the last few months kind of been like for you I mean, it's kind of been a whirlwind
2: yeah no doubt i mean i keep like reflecting on it and if you know you would have told me that my first year of college would have turned out this way i would have told you you're crazy um but yeah it's been it's been quite a whirlwind but um, i'm thankful for where i'm at right now How
0: hard was it to leave ufc
2: it was really hard um you know, just like the bonds, the connections that I made there. Um, you know, my teammates, my friends. Uh, leaving those guys was hard, um, but you know, it was it was what was best for me and, and for me to you know achieve my goals um, for the future. So um, I kind of like to have it with that kind of mindset. But you know, it, it, honestly, it, it was hard.
0: What was it about this that made you decide to
2: come here? Yeah, I mean, ultimately, just seeing. You know, the, the production that they had last year, um, you know, hearing about it on the news when, when I was playing at SC and then watching highlights when I was in the portal and the meeting with the coaches. I, I loved how electric the offense is. Um, you know, it's super quarterback friendly, and I love the, you know, just the excitement and everything that carries around with it. Um, I loved how, you know, Coach Kiffin is, has really turned some things around here and have brought it, brought it back to what it used to be and uh you know so that that was something that really excited me
3: what's the relationship obviously close with, with you and We're both young and obviously wherever young men have gone we're going to get together just what's that bond like between you
2: man that's that's my brother um you know he came into sc uh he was he wasn't an early enrollee um so he came a little bit later than me but you know it was like right off the bat when we got to meet each other um we just became super close. And, uh, you know, when all the discussion was going down um, with me getting in the portal, he was he texted me right away, and he's like, hey, bro, I'm going where you're going. Um, and, yeah, so I just think that, you know, our friendship's just really close, and we, we have that brotherhood.
3: How's your relationship with Luke
2: Yeah, Luke's a great kid. Um, I remember, like, one of my first days coming in here, uh, we threw in the indoor facility with some of the receivers, and he was the first kid to come shake my hand. Um, so he's he's a great kid, and I can tell that you know he's he's raised really well, um, and yeah, we, we're we're good friends. On The field how's
3: kind of the competition, or maybe y'all view it that way. But how do y'all view this kind of the
2: spring? Yeah, I mean, for me, um, I came into SC in the similar position. Uh, I committed with another kid uh, who was in my class, so for me, it's kind of similar. It's like I haven't really I'm in the same position as I was when I first came when I first went to SC. Um, you know, we obviously have the same goals in mind. And, uh, you know, I think it's just, you know, it's competition. It breeds the best out of both of us. It's going to push us and uh, help us become better players ultimately. You talked
3: about the offense being a good fit. Just kind of how has the transition been these first couple of weeks? Is it as smooth as you thought it would be? Or is this sort of kind of intricacies they've learned?
2: Yeah, obviously it's new stuff for me. Um, I mean, it was last week we'd come into, you know, the first – three days and there were new things I haven't ran before so just getting those reps um, really helps but if I compare myself to where I was last spring to this spring I feel like I'm a lot farther ahead um, but just like my knowledge of the game and I think coach Weiss um, has done a great job with that with you know um, helping the quarterbacks understand defenses more and really meeting with us um, beforehand to get us ready before spring ball even started I felt like we had almost you know, at least 75% of the whole installing before spring ball had even started. So just meeting with him has been an easy transition for me, um, you know, getting to know the offense. And from here on out, I think it's mostly just reps and understanding how guys play and their speeds and, and, and all that stuff. What
3: about the position you have from, you know, this past year to the next March? you
2: painful. Yeah, um, you know, I'm super excited about it. Uh, I felt like last year I really got to have – half of a quarter where I was actually really healthy and got to show what I was, what I'm capable of. Um, You know, I hurt my knee against Washington State, and I was out for a few weeks, and even when I came back, I wasn't 100%. So, you know, there's some things with my legs that I wasn't able to really showcase. Um, But I would just say, you know, you can't really be complacent on anything. You got to work at everything. Um, I'd say a big thing for me is probably just uh, my footwork and my timing to the different concepts that we have. And, uh, you know, getting get a good rhythm with that because I feel like if my feet are right, then, you know, everything will play out good. have
3: seen so far
0: who's kind of stood
2: out in the best of you on the, on the offensive side of the ball? There's been a lot of guys. Um, we have a lot of really, really good players. Um, I, Mingo. Mingo's been a, a big one to me. He's just like a leader. And, you know, he's, he's a great athlete. I think he's going to be a guy coming into this next draft class that's kind of flying under the radar and he's going to make a big name for himself. Um, I feel like the offensive line group as a whole, they're really close and they communicate really well with one another, and they're all really, really solid players. Um, you know, all of our running backs, Zach, Dew, Contrell, um, those guys are really good players and they're really explosive. they got great speed, um, and I think that they're going to do a great job for us. Um, I think that we're going to have one of the most talented offenses in the SEC, and uh, I you know I'm, I'm super excited for it so
3: much about quarterbacks being in the portal and the wild west with the il and all that stuff from your experience being in there how wild is that like what is that experience like being
2: going through? yeah it's it's crazy uh when i was being recruited out of high school my recruitment came really late so there's only a select few of schools that i was in contact with and it was like literally the second i got the email that i was going into the portal Um, I felt like I couldn't even, like, look at my phone. Like, I just needed, like, space. Um, so it was, it was crazy because you kind of feel like you, you have a, you have an idea that you're going into the portal before you, you do, obviously. Um, so you kind of have schools that you're interested in before being in contact with them. Um, you know, so you try to be respectful to to all the coaches, but you kind of have, like, the select few that you're, you're really looking at, um. But, yeah, like right when I got in, like that was something that, you know, I wouldn't have never thought would have happened. For a lot of portal guys, though, it's just like a one-year decision. For you, right. It was
0: more than that. And, you know, right. Had, did that change kind of a, the way you approached it in terms of maybe wanting to take your time or think about it because it wasn't just having to go someplace for one season play? Yeah, definitely.
2: I, You know, I thought going to SC, I thought it was going to be a little bit more stable with the coaching staff. Um, and like you said, I don't, I don't have just one year, so I got to make it. You know, I had to make a decision based on, you know, what was best for me for, you know, possibly the next three years, right? So, I was trying to find a stable, stable place, and I'd be able to surround myself with people who would help me grow and develop as a player and as a person. Um, so I think that because of that, it took a little bit more time, just because I had to dive into deeper, into deeper things and uh, try to get as much information as I can
3: probably don't want to get into specifics, but how much of a cloud was NIL over that whole thing? Were people throwing money amounts at you during the recruiting, or was that kind of never discussed?
2: I mean, I'm not a kid who looks for stuff like that. You know, I'm I'm a football player. I want to play football, and you know, I feel like if I can play good on the field, that stuff will come. And uh, that's that's my whole purpose. I committed to a school to play football, and that's, that's my whole focus. Did
0: you keep up with SEC much when you were growing up in Hicko?
2: I really didn't. It was mostly all just Pac 12. Um, but I knew that when I was going into the portal, I wanted to go to the SEC. Um, so those were like, you know, some of my main school. Because it gets you to develop for the NFL. I feel like if you can be successful and play in playing in the SEC, then it's an easier transition to the NFL. You play in, you know, a lot better competition uh, week in and week out. Um, you're playing in really cool environments, and you know you got to make a lot of adjustments. You can't just, you know, you can't. And there's some, there's some games and some conferences where you can just have better athletes than another team, and you can just outplay them just because you have better athletes. In this, it's more about scheme, and you have to schematically beat them, and you have to be smarter than them because they have just as good as players as you do. Um, so that was that was a big reason why I chose to come to SEC. Are,
3: are getting to living in necessitated-
2: yeah it's it's uh complete polar opposites than la um i would say it's it's more similar to utah and more just like how like controlled the environments are and how like just kind of more low-key it is um so when i compare it to utah there's not like a whole big like there's not a huge difference um but comparing it to la and the things that i'm used to it's kind of polar opposites but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm getting transitioned well into it for sure. And I love, I love the aspect that um, you, can, you can come to work every day and you can focus on football. There's not as many distractions around you, and there's really good people around you who help push you to, to your goals. Kind of question off that, of course, all of us have a reputation for having one of the best college campuses and college campus in America. Has it kind of lived up to it, even though you haven't been here all that long? Yeah, no doubt. Um, you know, I, I, I still remember when me and Trey came on our visit and – we walked into, you know, just like a little restaurant with, with our families and the amount of people who came up to us and knew who we were and we were just on our visit. And, uh, you know, students weren't even in school at the time. And um, I thought that that was really cool. And I, I just love the support and how involved um, people are here. It's, it's really cool. Matt a guy West Coast based. All right? Have you talked with with at all about kind of transitioning? Yeah, so me and Matt were in, in contact a lot when um, – when I was trying to decide between schools because obviously he was coached by Coach Lebby and he's also, you know, he was here. So, you know, me and Matt had a lot of conversations and, you know, I think that I can I can, I can say with confidence that he likes the South more than he likes the West Coast. Um, and he had nothing but really good things to say about, about, about Mississippi. You sure
3: you've been asked a hundred times, what's the story on
2: the campus? Jeez. Uh... There's not really anything crazy. Um, I went to Hawaii my freshman year in high school, um, and had a few. I got a puka shell there. It kind of broke when I was in high school, and then I went back after. I guess it was this time last year. Went back to Hawaii and saw some puka shells that I liked, and decided to start wearing it. And then I liked it, and I kind of just stuck with it. And. Uh, you know they've been they've been really good for me. but just uh, you know they stay on during games, and I can wear them wherever I go. And uh, I kind of feel like that's kind of like my thing now, so I have to, I have to rock with it.
0: I'll never, I'll never this from previously. But Lane, obviously being a West Coast uh, uh, guy, have go, y'all gotten a chance to kind of connect? And you know,
2: y'all in the West Coast and growing and the learning there. Yeah. Uh, he, you know, like you said, that's, he coached at SC for a while. Um, he has his family who lives in California. So, you know, when I was in California with my family, he came out and we had a, you know, a home visit in California when I was there just training. And, uh, you know, he's helped a lot with my transition, um, you know, because he's had a transition from place to place. And uh, he's been, you know, a huge advocate. How is this kind of spring, I
3: guess, competition, for lack of Dart, just how's kind of
0: going so far? Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Um, like I said, uh, I think we, like, before, like, when spring started, we've been doing a whole lot even before spring started with all 11 guys with the team setting, so when we started, uh, it was like practice nine for us, and uh, with Dart, uh, we've become really fast friends. He's a great guy, obviously a great player and competitor, but we help each other out, and uh, I root for him when he's in, and, you know, likewise the other way around.
2: what were
0: Um, I, I knew they were going to bring someone in just because of the lack of depth and things like that, only with two scholarship QBs on roster. But um, I believe in myself. I really do. Uh, I understand the nature of the business and everything like that. But, um, you know, I go to work every day with the belief that I can, you know, lead this team. How much communication did you have with the coaching staff when they were obviously going to bring somebody in, whether it was Dylan Gabriel or Jackson, whoever it was, when they were bringing guys to the business that you – have much communication about that yeah I did even with Levy when Levy was still here he was you know he's him and Dylan are obviously really close with him at Oklahoma and he was trying to get him here at Ole Miss as well and they always kept me in the loop with you know they met with me frequently and when Weiss got here I mean I, I obviously knew the guys who were in the portal and things like that and they always kept me you know in the loop of who was visiting and things like that
3: Weiss, just how much difference is there
0: in the system, or is there a difference from Levy to him so far? There's obviously some, you know, different things, but there's a whole lot of similar things with, you know, Kiffin being the offensive mind that he is. He obviously, you know, has his own, you know, niche and his uh, deal and how he wants to play ball. And uh, Weiss is going to keep a lot of, the, you know, the same things that we did last year because we were so productive and what Matt did was, was, was really cool. Um, And he thinks me and Jackson can, you know, do the same things.
3: Having three months now to reflect on it, what were your takeaways
0: from the show? It was was a crazy deal. Um, You know, when you go in, you don't really feel the magnitude of it all. Um, You know, you're just trying to do your assignment and play hard for your teammates. And looking back, you think about how surreal it was. And um, I think about it every day, kind of beat myself up um, over it because I think my biggest flaw is a player and a person. Um, I'm the biggest perfectionist and overthinker there is and it's hard to battle some days um, but I wouldn't trade the experience for the world. So
3: when you say you were overthinking or trying to be perfect
0: what, what do you mean by that? Um, I, I, when I'm in the game I mean I'm playing and I, that that aspect uh, was you know that the perfectionism and overthinking wasn't with the game itself it's you know, right now, you know, today how I deal with it and, you know, what if I could have done, done this and how the outcome would have uh, changed. And uh, that's the things I kind of battle with daily. But, like I said, I believe in myself uh, and I wouldn't change the experience for the world. Luke had been
3: in the Bowl. Had you thought about it in your mind that if you didn't play in that game, you would, you would have been able to reach her and maintain that extra
0: year of health Yeah, uh, I had a conversation with Coach Levy. Um he told me, you know, if Matt goes down, we want you to, you know, go go play and go win a sugar bowl. And, no, I was totally okay with it. I mean, what kind of, I mean, the opportunity of a lifetime to be able to play in that game and there was no hesitation for me uh, to play in it. You know, a red shirt's cool. I mean, I still have it, I guess, but I want to play. I really do because, you know, I go out here and practice with my brothers every day and they're the most important people to me. And, um, yeah.
3: From this time last year when you
0: Um I think with so you know from high school to college uh the time that you really put in you know obviously at the college level, I mean I think you're forced to grow in every single way, and I think being around Matt and um always you know following him and looking up to him, uh he helped me in a lot of ways, and um you obviously get better as a player, it naturally happens, and things like that.
2: Right off that some, was there a particular piece of advice you take away from that crowd that you know he's gonna kind
0: of down to you as he goes to this competition here in the spring? Yeah, I mean uh, Matt gave me so much. Um, you know, the competitor and player, the teammate, you know, just the the workman attitude that he brought every day was um, so contagious. Um, the things is that that he's told me, uh, you know that I always keep between me and him. Um, but I think in life there's truly two types of people, and I think Matt really embodied those two, and those two are I think in life people really seek to understand, and I think some people are really understood and I think he really had both of those qualities when he walked in the room, you know he was understood, he commanded the room, he commanded the ball on the field, he commanded the team, you know what. He was always wanting to understand more about himself, the game, his teammates, about life itself, and it was, it was truly inspiring. Do you a timetable when you think a decision gets made as to who's going to be the starter? Do you kind of feel like there's going to be finality to it? Or do you think it goes on? I have no clue how that'll work. Um, all I can do is control what I control, and you know I truly love what I do, so I'm just going to, you know, play ball. Have
3: you ever been in a quarterback competition before?
0: Um, I think as you grow up in high school, you know, freshman, ninth grade, 10th grade, I think naturally there's always something there. But other than that, not really.
3: I know it's early in spring training, but has anyone developed as your favorite target or developing
0: towards that and so forth? Uh, obviously I'm very thankful to have Mingo back. You know, he's a really special talent. But I think we have a lot of, young, a lot of new guys too. A lot of, we have a lot of new guys and young guys who are developing. Five days in, I've I've been really impressed with you know pretty much everybody.
2: What have you seen from Michael Trey so far? I mean, having a guy like that come come in big, um, brother right there, and talk about what you've seen him in tight end position.
0: Yeah, he's a special player. I think we all know that. Uh, The tools, the physical tools that he has, I mean, uh, they don't they don't make they don't make a lot like him, and um, he's he's really fun to throw the ball to.